Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Streaming, streaming. If I can draw your attention to verse number eight, which is where we started this morning, that where it, the word says that the Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden, and that's where he put the man who he formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was also in the middle of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was also in the middle of the garden. I remember back in the day, there was a song we used to sing, and we don't sing it that much anymore, where it says, I'm going back to the heart of worship, where it's all about you, all about you, Jesus. Anybody ever remember that song? And then the next verse was, I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I made it, because it's all about you. It's very interesting. The deeper you get into Christ, the more you get into Christianity, the more you get into life, the older you become, the more you grow, the more you realize that folk made it about stuff that it's not really about. And you end up with a bastardized, you end up with a form of godliness denying, a form of godliness denying the real power thereof. You end up with a gospel that benefits a group and not necessarily benefits everyone globally. And so now you're trying to figure out, am I looking at truth or am I looking at a generational cultural expression of truth? And as a result of that search, I end up saying, well, what was the original intent of God? For anybody that's upset, I don't know if you have any friends or anyone that's watching or any critics. I mean, there's folks who are liking this series I'm doing on money, and there's folks that always got something to say about something. But for whoever has anything to say about me talking about money or us talking about money or us talking about being blessed or us being prosperous, in my estimation, all that we have to do is take a look at the original intent of God. When God makes man, he doesn't put him in a desert. When God makes man, he puts him in a garden full of fruit with trees everywhere. Matter of fact, the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil are actually in the middle of the garden. Why are we like this? Why do we pass all of the fruit to get to the one thing that is forbidden? Why do we pass, why do we pass fruit looking for knowledge? We're so about knowledge that we will pass the thing that's actually sustaining to us. As a matter of fact, we live in a world today where we'd almost rather be educated than bro and broke than uneducated and wealthy. We put such a high value on education, but it's something about us where we're seeking knowledge even more than we're seeking prosperity. We will pass fruit to get to the tree of knowledge. We will pass fruit to get to what we think of as good. We will pass fruit looking for good. We will pass the best stuff looking for good stuff. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil is in the center. God put them in a garden full of provision. Nobody was hungry in this moment. The, the Lord put two people 
in a garden where the fruit looked good and tasted good. It was fruits. I mean, I'm sure it made with some vegetables, but it was fruit that was in there. And so in my estimation, the original intent of God is not for you to starve. The original intent of God is not for you to be stressed. The original intent of God is not for you to be in debt up to your eyeballs. The original intent of God is not for you to have lack. I, I thought somebody was going to say amen on one of these. The original intent of God is not for you to struggle and not wonder where your next meal is going to come from. As a matter of fact, that doesn't enter in until sin. In which the Lord says, y'all are going to have to work to produce now. Adam, by the sweat of your brow, that's how you're going to produce. You're going to produce, and it's going to cause you pain, and you're going to sweat. And lady, you're going you're to produce through pain. So both of them got cursed with painful production. So anybody in here who is doing something that is painful to you, something that you hate, understand that is not God's will for you. It is not God's original intent for you, for you to be involved in production that drives you crazy. I need a witness in this room. It is not God's original intent for you to get up tomorrow morning and go to work and you hate it. And it's treachery. And with the pain of your brow is how you work and how you make it. Your production of children is not supposed to be the worst thing that ever happened to you. Having children should not be the thing that is the worst moment. In, no, what's supposed to happen, that is a result of sin. And so if we're talking about the original intention of God, we're talking about blessing. We're talking about God taking us to another level. We're talking about understanding money. We're talking about how to make it work. As a matter of fact, the garden was fed by a river, and the river broke into streams. So the river broke into four different rivers. Now, don't worry. We're going to talk about money. I got some money folk in here, but I, I got to just break it down just a little bit. That I, I want to back it up that, that this is in the Word. You have absolutely every right to expect better and greater and more. I speak more over everybody in the room and everybody that's watching. You have absolutely, if you're going to have faith, you might as well believe God for him to bless you. I'm, I'm at a place right now where I'm no longer just trusting God just for the God stuff. I'm also trusting God for the God that blesses me stuff and I need to go higher and more and better and if you don't like it, I guess you got a problem because the God I serve is able. Not just able to heal my body, he's able to bless my bank account. <laughs> he's not just able just to save my children, he's also able to give me a, an inheritance for my children's children's children. He's not, he's not just a God that grows churches, he's a God that grows businesses and, and grows your wealth. That it is him that gives you the ability to create wealth. So the streams, the Bible says right here, it says the river comes out of Eden to water the garden and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first one is Pishon and Pishon means increase. Pishon means increase. So the first river that comes out of Eden is increase. I speak increase, increase. I speak more. I speak greater. I speak better. God named the river increase. The next river was, was called Gihon, which means bursting forth. 
or breakthrough. Ooh, I wish this was a churchy church. <laughs> the first river is called increase. The second river is called breakthrough, bursting forth. The third river, Hittakel. Hittakel means rapid. Hittakel means speed. Hittakel means now. In other words, I'm at a place right now where I'm believing. Listen, I, I need somebody to help me in here. Talk to your neighbor. Say, may your increase break through now. Well, that was lame. Say it to somebody else. Say, may your increase break through now. I'm believing that my increase will burst forth. And I am not waiting for it to happen tomorrow. I need it now. I need it today. I need something to happen this week. I need something to happen tomorrow. And I declare, may your increase break through. May breakthrough come out in your life. And may it not just be deliverance, but it may be an increase. Now. Now. Not tomorrow now, not next week now, not next year now, not when you 80 now, no, right now. May increase break out on you. May money overtake you. May blessing overtake you. May God bless you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. May God make you the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. Always at the top, never at the bottom. I rebuke the devil in here. May he break the spirit of poverty and that mindset off of you. In the name of Jesus. What is the point of worshiping the Alpha and the Omega and you don't have enough? And the fourth river, the Euphrates, means fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. That means it is God's expectation and God's original intent that you be fruitful. That means that whatever you put your hand to do will prosper. That means at the bottom of yourself, you ought to believe. Oh, no, the Lord I serve, the God I serve is able, and I'm about to do this, and I'm about to go here, and I'm about to try this, and I'm about to go in this place, and I'm about to put my hands. As a matter of fact, when I walk in a room, something's different. When I put my things, something, when I work for, you ought to have a little bit of an attitude if you're working for a company in which you're thinking, y'all don't even know how blessed y'all are that I am here working at y'all's company. The anointing of God is all over me. Everything I put my hands to do will prosper. Because I pray and I fast and I have a relationship with God. I got the Holy Ghost and I speak life and not death, blessings, not cursings. Y'all don't even know. I walk by faith and not by sight. It can't just be you. At the bottom of you has got to be a belief that God is able, that God is real. Because fear is demonic. I said fear is demonic. I said, fear is demonic. I said, if you feel fear, that's the devil. So, here you've got four streams. You've got an increased stream. You've got a bursting breakthrough stream. You've got a rapid things happen fast stream. And you've got a consistent fruitfulness stream. Let me say that again. You got an increased stream. You got a bursting forth breakthrough stream. You've got a rapid speed now stream. And then you've got a fruitfulness stream. Before the pros get up and start talking, I'm saying you need a stream. You need 
four streams we're going to talk about. But you need four streams of income. You can't just have one stream. You can't just have your job. Even if you have your job, you need an increased stream. You need something that you believe if you put it in, more will come out. And you're, you're planning and greater is happening. You're, you're, you're sowing and you're expecting a harvest as a result of increase. You need an increased stream. You need a breakthrough stream, meaning you're looking for something to happen. You're looking for something. You're sitting around with a secret. You're sitting around believing God. You're always praying. You're always believing God because you got some kind of deal that you're believing. You got some kind of little secret thing that you invested in, and you're waiting for it to see if it ever goes public and ever breaks through. And if it ever breaks through, you'll be rich. Oh, I need a witness in the building. Everybody ought to have something like that. Everybody ought to have a little something that they've got, a little something put away somewhere, and they've invested in some kind of foreign exchange, or they got a little company, and they got a little money in there that they've pushed in there, and somebody told them if it turns around, I own, a, I own some percentage of a company that's like a weapons company, and they're always telling me, oh, any day now, any day now. I don't want an any day now blessing. I want an any day now something's about to happen. I, I don't want it to be just broad and 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 weird and and just kind of overly spiritual when I say late in the midnight hour God's gonna turn it around that's because I've got something I've invested in that ain't hit yet but when it hits I won't need none of y'all no I'm just kidding when it hits I won't need nothing no more are you hearing what I'm saying to you when you have something like that you always are praying you always like come on Lord turn that thing around because you've got a breakthrough investment you got a little bit of something you got something tucked into something that if it ever bursts forth you'll be set who am I talking to you're never going to be rich off your check Let's get that straight. You're not going to get rich off your check. Salaries have not been raised. The salaries have stayed the same. All of the costs have increased in the last 5, 10 years, and the salaries have stayed the same. The average salary in America has stayed the same, and the cost of things has grown 6, 10. It's, at this point right now, you cannot feel good about the money you get from your job. Your job is your right now. That's your rapid. That's your now. That's the thing that's in time. You know, 1st and 15th, you're going to get your check. That's your now stream. Just because you got a now stream doesn't mean you, should have the other, you shouldn't have the other streams. And just because you have the other streams doesn't mean you shouldn't still have a now stream. The book I'm reading right now on commercial real estate, the guy is saying he, his company was doing millions. He still kept his job because he didn't want to step on it until he knew that it was solid. But my point is, it's just because you have a right now stream doesn't mean you don't need an increase stream and a bursting forth stream and a fruitfulness stream. Fruitfulness means that you just have an expectation that what you do will prosper. All you do is win. Everybody say, all I do is win. No, that is so weak. I said, everybody say, all I do is win. 
No, you got to say it like you mean it. All I do is win. Because if you speak negative, negative is what you'll see. If you speak life, you'll see life. As a matter of fact, negative thinking and speaking is more harmful. That if you have a choice between speaking positively and not thinking negatively, thinking negatively does more damage to you in the measure. Getting a good confession is amazing. But if you asked me, what should I do, PA? And, and I said, I, would, I want you to speak positively, but what I really want you to do is stop thinking negatively. Negative, fearful thinking is of the devil. Let me say it again, because I'm not getting enough amens in the room. I guess maybe somebody, and when you wake up in the morning and that evil, dark, that little lying, dark spirit, that word that you are never going to make it and you ain't never going to be nothing and you ain't never going to have nothing and nothing ever works for you and your daddy didn't have nothing and your granddaddy didn't have nothing and your mama didn't have nothing your grandmama didn't have, that is the devil. That is not God. That is a demon. And if you keep feeding that, it will stop you from every single opportunity. If you are ever going to have anything, you will have to be strong in the Lord. You're have to have boldness you're gonna to have to have courage you're gonna to have to pull your shoulders back you're gonna to have to look faith straight in the face of the devil and say oh I will live and not die and I'm gonna see more and you cannot be weak and be rich you can't be scared and have money you have to have confidence to have money. You have to have strength in yourself. It's not, it's not just Jesus. It's Christ in you. And if we don't get Christ in you so that he lives in you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he'll quicken your mortal body. So you should be walking around with the spirit and you should be walking around with your shoulders back, son. And you should be like, I can't wait to see what the next deal is getting ready to happen. And I can't wait to hear what's about to take place next. And not only will I do the investigation, but I live by the spirit. And the spirit will tell me that's a good deal. And the spirit will tell me when it's a bad deal because I have the spirit of God. Don't you dare let somebody that don't know God and don't have a prayer life be stronger and have more faith. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We got folk who don't even know the Lord who have more confidence and more faith than us. Everybody got to get up in the morning and look at yourself in the morning in the mirror. Woohoo. When you get out the shower, drop your towel. Ain't nobody there but you. Step six feet back from the mirror and look at all of it. Look at your stretch marks. Look at your hips and look at your extra juice and look at your halfway little no six-pack, pack, pack, keg. Look at all of it and love it. Love it. You're alive. You are breathing. God has spared your life. You are still here and you might as well fight because if you want money, you're going to have to fight for it. If you want wealth, you're going to have to fight for it. If you want joy, you're going to have to fight for it. The devil ain't going to give it up easy. You're going to have to take back what the devil stole from you and I'm going into the enemy's camp and I'm taking back what he stole from me because from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom suffered violence and the violent Take it by force. Is there anybody violent in here? Anybody just mad? I am done being broke. I am done trying to figure it out. I'm done being scared. I am done needing my check. 
I am so done with you needing your check. I am so done with you spending all your money on rims. I am so done with you spending all your money on crap. I'm so done with all of that. I'm so done with you spending more money on coffee. I am so done with you eating out. I don't even know what to do with myself. I am so done with everything you waste your money on if you're not already set. I am so done with you not having everything that God has for you. If you're going to be around me, I'm going to bug you. I'm going to bother you. I refuse to let go until God blesses you. I refuse to let you go until you believe God for more than what you got right now. You can't just have your check. I rebuke that. In the name of Jesus, you got a stream, baby. Put your hands together if you're a believer. You got a stream. You got to get more. You got to have other stuff. You got to have multiple stuff. Put your hands together. I said, please put your hands together. Somebody praise God. Praise God in faith. Believe God. You won't even be able to afford a house if you only have your check. You won't be able to. You won't be able to have the basic stuff if your only thing is your check. Just because you're a doctor don't mean you understand money. Amen? All right. We're there. We're good. All right. You need four streams of income. Okay? So, I want to talk about how you're going to get those streams. And so now, my guests are about to join me. And for the next 15, 20 minutes or so, we're going to have a wonderful conversation about how you can increase how you can get streams. My daddy used to say, I don't take swimming lessons from drowning people. And a part of the problem with us is we don't got a whole lot of financial advice from people who are broke. So my guests are here. We're going to have another guest next week, but we're going to talk about it. And so they're going to come at this time. My first guest, her name is Rashonda Bullock. Come on, Rashonda. Come on up here. She is a graduate of UNC Chapel Hill. Help her, Holy Ghost. She was an account executive for Reynolds for over 10 years. She's flipped homes in both the Midwest and Southwest markets. She owns a commercial residential holding firm. She recently launched a collegiate vinyl rap business. Put your hands together for that queen right there. Did y'all put the picture up of her man? She has a man. She has a man. Calm down. And then my next guest is Corey Best. He has a BS in pharmaceutical sciences from Campbell University. He has an MS in clinical research from Campbell University. He has an MBA, global executive, from the Fuquay School of Business at Duke University, credentialed member of the Project Management Institute, fellow of Black Venture Institute. They both tied here. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for them right now. Praise God for them. Have a seat. Praise God for them. Can you praise God for them? Can you praise God for them? Can you praise God for them? No, can you praise God for them? Please help me praise God for them. They're going to help me. All right. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. So, just, just take it. So, Rashonda, Kari, welcome to World Overcomers. Y'all here all the time. So, first, what I want to do is I want you guys to just take a couple of minutes and just talk about yourself just, 
just a tiny bit, okay? And we'll start with you, Rashonda. Ooh, ladies first. Ladies first. Why don't you talk about yourself? Just a couple of minutes, then we'll go to Corey, and then you guys can, we'll share a little bit, okay? Hey, man, good morning. <laughs> so, as Pastor Andy said, I grew up in the Raleigh-Durham area. It was always a dream of mine. You know, in, in this area, you either a Duke fan or a Tar Heel, right? That's it. I mean, we have the other schools, but that's the main, the main two. So my mom is an NC State fan, but you wanted the two. So I grew up always wanting to attend Carolina, and that's what happened. I really actually only applied to two schools, Carolina and Duke, and I got that big envelope, because back then you got these big, thick envelopes when you got accepted. So I went to Carolina, um, and then upon graduation, I started my corporate career. And that's when, at the height of my career, I was flying across the country every week as an account executive, selling in national programs uh, to presidents and VPs. And it was there that, you know, even with all the perks, because people say, why would you leave a high-paying job with, you know, five, six-figure bonuses, travel perks, the whole nine to become an entrepreneur? But I just always knew inside that I wanted more. And, you know, even when you are being paid $250,000 at your job, trust and believe they're making four to five times that off of you, okay? So you're not really getting your worth. And I was handling millions of dollars in business for Reynolds. So I left, continued down the entrepreneurship path, and I never looked back. That's awesome. Praise God for that. So, um... Corey Best, great to be here today. Always in church, try to be when I'm not traveling. Um, I'm originally from Wilson, North Carolina. And for those that are from North Carolina, it's also known as Wide Awake Wilson. PA had some stuff, some powder stuff on the stage last week, and I was like, yeah, that's Wide Awake. <laughs> so the thing about me is that I'm the fifth of six kids. I'm the baby boy in the family. Um, I actually grew up in Section 8 housing. So my relationship with money is very different from a lot of people. I always ask people this question, what is your first memory of money? Like the first time you get a sensation about what it really is. Mine is going to the store with food stamps, blocks of cheese, powdered milk, that type of stuff. So for me, my mama told me early on, my mom is great. I tell everybody she is a warrior. She prays for me all the time. My mom has been through it all. She went to school, went back, went back again to raise all six of her kids. I went from PO to poor, P-O-R, to lower middle class. So when I went to school, my mom said, you have to use your basketball ability to go to college. I can't afford college. So I end up getting a D1 scholarship to Campbell. That's how I end up going to school. Along with that, due to my mom being an educator, she always said one thing, you ain't dribbling no ball if you ain't got good grades. So the thing that was kind of cool for me when I went to school, I kind of had money. I'm getting a full ride from school, but then I'm also getting Pell Grants because I also have an academic scholarship as well. So I know I've been blessed. And as PA was talking and Pastor Tony preaching, I was thinking to myself, Deuteronomy 8.18, it is by the power of God that you get wealth. Yeah. That's how I've gotten my money. I leave school, I enter in corporate America, I spent about 12 years with a Japanese company, a pharmaceutical company traveling the world. 
Great Wall of China. I've been to the, the Great Sarcophagus of the Pyramid of Giza. I've had suits made in Asia. I've seen a lot of different things. But what I realized very quickly, as Rashonda had said, if they're paying me this money, what are they making off of me? And I'm appreciative of the money they pay me, but then I, what I realize is that the more that they give you, the more they request of you. And I really begin to understand the fact that it is about time. You can't place a, a value of money around time. Time is precious. God doesn't give any more of it. Once it leaves the room, it doesn't come back. I can go and purchase a real estate property. I can go and buy into a company that's about to build the next International Space Station. I can lose that money in an investment deal. I can get that money back. But the time I'm away from my kids and my wife, I can never get that back. So for me, I just truly believe this is now the time in the space. I was just reading the other day that um, in 2019, the average net worth of the black family was $28,000. At that same time, the average net worth of a white family was $180,000. There's a, a stat that's been shown, that's been talked about the last several years, that by 2053, which is 30 years from now, the average net worth in the black community will be zero. You cannot make enough money to keep up with the cost of inflation. We all go to the store, we buy groceries, everything's going up. Gas is going up. Is your income going up? The only way to grow money is to find places to plant it. Money is a seed. It grows after its own kind. You gotta plant it. I didn't mean to plug Victory Park, I'm gonna plug it now. My wife and I made a commitment. We had sat down with Pastor Andy one day, PA one day, and we talked about some things that were going on with us financially, some of the opportunities that we have. We made a commitment to pledge into Victory Park and started doing that commitment. This year would be the most money we ever made in our lives. And I truly believe that's the fact that we've elevated ourselves and a met a request that now God has to honor. Can you put your hands together for just that so far? You know, one of the things that I've said to both of these people, I've said to both of them, I've said that, you know, if you really are a king, if you really are a queen, then the Lord doesn't just bless you for you. He blesses you because you choose to take responsibility for your people. Last Sunday, I called you a king. Every time I look at it, I see it on you. But you can't be a king if it's just for you. The way that the Lord trusts you with that kind of power is if he can trust you to impact your people. So I said to Corey, I said it to, I said it to both of them. I said, if, I said, what do you think you need to be set forever? Remember that conversation? Him and his lovely wife, because she's a no joke. We could have Tanya up here too. But, but we, because she's a serious queen, both of them, they're powerful. But I just don't want too many voices up here because we can't be here forever, but it's good. But I said to the both of them, what do you all need to be set forever? What'd you say, 50 million? I said, great. If you need 50 million to be set forever, ask God for 500 million. Tell God you'll live on the tithe and you'll bless and you'll be a you'll be a philanthropist you'll send people to college see if god can trust you to bless more than just yourself i need a witness in the building if god can trust you he'll really trust you with wealth if you accept the responsibility of your people if you only want money just so you can have new shoes he ain't gonna give you none 
Okay, so let's get into it just a little bit. All right, so I talked about streaming. You guys were talking about multiple streams of revenue income. I asked you both to prepare a little something. So how can, you can pull out, be ready to take notes, or we're gonna have a little bit of a conversation. So what's, Rashonda, what will be the first thing? If somebody's saying, okay, P, I hear you, it's more money. What would be the first stream of income or what would be the first way that you would get started in getting something outside of just what your check would be? So the first thing that I would say is, is discover what you're good at. Like, think about that, because this is a discovery phase. You know, what's your passion? And really give this some thought because, you know, you ever go to a gathering and you know, we all think we can chef it up, right? And so you bring your signature dish with you. But when you leave that gathering and that Pyrex dish is still 80% full, I'm, I'm just saying, a soul food spot or a restaurant may not be that stream, but that's okay. Because you really can start where you are. And when I say that, a lot of times when we think a stream, okay, I gotta start a business, and you think, what product do I need to sell? You don't always have to sell a product. You already have the gift within you. So look at what you currently do. For example, are you in education or are you in sales today? Did you realize that companies hire outside consultants to come in and train their employees how to sell and negotiate? That's an option. Or, you know, if you're really good with tools, there's an app called Thumbtack. I use it all the time. Found a great photographer the other week and happened to be a world overcomer. Like, God is good. So, but you, that app allows business owners to go online and basically I would say, hey, I need, you know, five flat screens hung in my house. Then you would say, you would offer, you know, your services, your fee, and then you would come and complete that project. Well, the going rate to hang a flat screen today is like $250 for one TV. That's to find four studs. That's it. That's a basic install. You can generate over $1,000 on a Saturday just because you know how to use a drill. That's the way. And, you know, for my ladies out there, you know, if you're a hairstylist, thank God. I love that your hands are a gift from the Lord, and I appreciate you. <laughs> But you can actually, have you ever thought about buying a property, then leasing out to multiple stylists, and in turn, that booth rent would pay for that space, then you're also increasing, you're building equity with the property, right? You're increasing your net worth, you're increasing your cash flow, and you're, uh, you're collecting the booth rent, and then you're also getting money from the clients that you already service. You've already created three streams just doing what you do today. You just change the address you pull up to. I'm gonna make everybody clap for that. It's a basic word. I would second that, uh, consulting. So many of you in your jobs, you understand the problems. You see the issues on a daily basis. You see the fractures in the organization. Personally, that's what happened to me. When I left the Japanese company, I started realizing there's an issue with the way program management was being done in certain companies and organizations. So I launched my own Inc., my own incorporation, to start hiring myself out. 
because if you're going to hire somebody in and sit beside me, do the same thing and pay them $250 an hour, I can give you a deal, you can pay me $175. And what you begin to realize is the fact of a lot of times you are the product. If you ask the question, what is being sold, and you don't know the answer, look at yourself in the mirror. You're the answer to the problem. And I can tell you this because I've seen it a lot of times I negotiate contracts and different things within the organization that I work in currently. And what I've found out is that the bigger the problem, the higher the dollar figure they're willing to throw on the table to pay to fix the issue. So if you can begin to look at your career instead of it being a job, which I term to be J-O-B, just over broke, start to look at your, your role as a career, as a pathway to something far bigger, as a stream within itself to understand the fact of how can I find a way to use my current skills and talents to broker them out to bring in more money. That becomes the goal, not to sit and work 40 hours a week and say, well, it was me and wake up on Monday morning and be like, I gotta go and punch this clock again, but try to figure out how do I use these skills in a certain way to go and bring me and my family money so that we can go out and procure other opportunities to make more money. Put your hands together. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't help but concur in spades. I think that even in some of the, the classes and some of the things, the seminars I've attended, one of the things they warn you about, even if you, say, have your own business, they kind of gave us a, a metrics. Like if you're in the one, zero to one million range of business for everybody that's got their own business, if you're in the zero to one million range, then you, your money needs to go really back into the business. You're almost not even really at a place to pay yourself. So if you're like, oh, we did a million dollars this year, you need to keep your job. But then it's, it's then from the one million, $10 million, 10 million from one to 10, your, your business has kind of gone to another level. And at that point, you may be able to diversify, but you need to diver diversify around something that you can do. So if you're a dentist, you may open up another dentist place. If you're a hair salon, if you okay, if you're making money, and it, then you may open another. You can't go dentist tires. You can't be a dentist and then own a body shop. You can't do that till you're in between ten and a hundred million. So I think the kind of focusing on you, and I also, I, I mean, Rashonda, part of what you said is that the challenge of your of what you recommended is that you're going to have to be disciplined. You're going to have to, because if you're going to now have your own place, you're going to have to manage it. So, I mean, you're going to have to pay the bills. You're going to have to procure the property. You're going to have to stay on top of all those things. There's a difference between being a worker and an owner. And we always talk, Corey, about being always ahead and, and being a lender and not a borrower. But you need to understand that the lender has more responsibility. Yes. So, the reason why... I don't have a board in here. Can't nobody tell me really all that much to do is because if world overcomers don't work, the only person who's going to get blamed is me. So at the end of the day, understand before you ask to be a partner, know it's going to be more responsibility on you. There's going to be a weight that's going to go along with it. But you, we all have to understand that you are the product. And you do have to believe in yourself to go to the next level. All right. What else? What else can we do? The next thing, I, I always like to look at multiple streams like in a three-layer cake approach. And when I say that, if you, you look at McDonald's, right? 
And I know we bougie now, we eat Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I got the app too, that was a huge like benefit. But Ronald McDonald is making money not just off the Big Macs and the 10-piece nuggets. Did you realize that every restaurant, McDonald's owns the land? and then they lease it out to their franchisees. So let's just think about that for a second. We were talking about the increase of housing. Think about the land they bought in the 80s and the 90s till now. That's millions of dollars in just appreciation and property value alone. So I think sometimes we think, and Pastor Andrew just spoke about, we have to have three different types of businesses. No, look at something that you do now and figure out how you can multiply it and continue to scale up. So. Yeah. So McDonald's is a very interesting case study. People look at McDonald's and they think fast food. Rashawn is right. A fact about McDonald's, go look it up. It is the biggest real estate conglomerate in the world. You see McDonald's all the way around here. Travel the globe. You see McDonald's in China. You see McDonald's in India. You see McDonald's in Japan. Mickey D's is everywhere. Mm -hmm. So with that type of, of not only the mass they do with real estate, they also have a system. They systematize. So McDonald's does fries. They do burgers. They have distributors. Where does this food come from? It's a whole ecosystem. So what I look at as another stream is investing. And we can look at it in a couple of quick facets. So you can look at public and private. Let's talk public because that's the easiest thing to do. McDonald's is a great company to invest in. It's basically recession proof. You gotta eat. How many cars you see around McDonald's all the time? There are some 24 seven McDonald's. Why is that the case? They're always making money. It is literally a cash cow. When I look at investing from a public perspective, whether it's a Walmart, or an Amazon, who my wife is notorious for ordering from weekly, and we get boxes all the time. Um, we bought Amazon a couple years ago as one of our investments. Because the fact of, the way I view money is the way that it's an instruction. If you plant an apple seed, what do you expect to grow out the ground? Apple trees, oranges, orange trees, pecans or pecans, a pecan tree. It's the same thing with money. I used to joke around with my mom all the time when I wanted something that I couldn't get, like a pair of J's. I'll be like, you know, we should have a money tree. But what I realized was that as I began to invest, that's what I did. We have a whole farm of money trees, but people just don't see them. These companies are constantly producing money all the time. And what I realized was the fact of, why am I just going out, working my day job, my career, every day trying to make money, when I can go invest in people's much smarter than me, and put my money in places where they become my workers. So I look at money as a way, when I go and invest in a company, I'm basically telling that money in that company, you go and produce like and kind. I'm giving you $100, I expect tenfold back. Because you have to give an instruction to money. And one of the things I always tell my wife and my friends about investing, it's all about, I tell my money, or I call my money soldiers. Their job is go out and recruit more soldiers. Money begets money. And the sooner you understand that concept, the more money begins to flow in your life. Because as we talk about all the time, it's currency. Money in a bank account does nothing for you. Interest rates on a money market 
0.1%, if you're lucky. I got a call two months ago from PNC and their choice banking group, and they were like, oh, Mr. Best, we can raise your accounts to 4.5%. What are we talking about? There's no need to discuss that. Just do it. <laughs> right? I mean, seriously. But the thing is, is that what I've understood in the flip to the private side, there's a different door in the bank that you mostly don't, most people of color don't even see. There's this thing called the accredited investor rule. You have to have $200,000 as an individual, and you have made that in two years and make it this year. Or as a couple, you have to make $300,000 over the last two years and the current year. Or you have to have a million dollars in assets, not your house included. How many people know somebody like that? It ain't many hands went up in the room. I can tell you why, it's because the fact of black people as a unit, we've never understood the concept of investing, the power of sending money out and how that money brings back money. And we have to understand that as a group if we wanna become those that become the lender and not the borrower. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, beloved, I think for all of us that have a job and all of us that work, even if you have a job that you hate, I know I kind of fussed about it if you have a job you hate, but if you have a job you hate, you may hate it because you're only eating your seed and not sowing it. Because if everything you get goes to you sowing more seed, then you actually will ask for extra shifts. If, if you're working hard and the money you make is only money you just spend on you, then ultimately you're going to get to a place where you're going to be very frustrated. You may be frustrated with your job because you're the worker and not the manager. You may be very upset cleaning carpets because you're working for someone else who owns the company. But if you own the, company, the carpet cleaning company yourself, you might find joy in it if it was actually your company. And then you were hiring other people. And then you were taking the, the, the money, the, what you get from, back from it, and investing it and sowing in other things. Sometimes I think our joy or lack thereof doesn't necessarily come just from whether or not the work is all this fulfilling. It has to do with what we do when we get it back. What we get back from it also has a significant impact on our ability to enjoy it. And the other thing is, and I love what you said, I kind of said this last week, and that is that for all of us who are African-Americans, and not just African-Americans, Americans, period. Americans, period. Especially if you're from anybody from poverty. Because poverty is the common denominator. Black or white, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. We're all the same. But a lot of us were taught broke money thinking. I'm trying to just get the three of us, I got a couple of kings and queens up here, and I'm just trying to get you to just listen to a conversation and hear how people who have money or trying to make money think differently than people who don't have any. Because if you have been raised by broke people, then you think money in the bank is a good thing. So it's, 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 a, it's, a real, it's a real query if you're thinking, wait a minute, I need a rainy fund in the bank of this X amount of money. And, 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 and then you're also thinking, of, for example, my son called me this past week, one of my spiritual sons, and he asked me, uh, we got to talking about whether or not you should put more money down on a car or not. That was a question, Corey. How much money should I put down on a car? And I said, you should put the least amount of money down on a car that you can. But I want a lower payment. I can't afford the payment. So you can afford 420, but you can't afford 500? The reason why you can't afford 500 is because you eat out too much. You can't afford 500 because you drink too much coffee. You can't afford 500 because you're wasting your money. 
But why would you give up your cash equity? Why would you give up your equity position for a monthly price point? But that's kind of what we were taught. We were taught, get your lower payment, get your payment down lower. But cash is hard to get. I know a couple that, that was like, oh yeah, well we want we don't have we want to have a low payment on our mortgage, and so we put half a million dollars down on a house. I'm like, you put are you trying to tell me you had a half a million dollars cash and you put it in a house? If you had given a half a million dollars to these if you had given the half a million dollars to somebody like them, they would have made your money grow at a rate that was higher than what your percentage rate was for your interest rate. You would have been gladly paying that two thousand dollars if your five hundred if your half a million dollars was making you five thousand dollars every you would you wouldn't even see it. You wouldn't recognize it. But we've got we got poverty thinking. I need more amens in that. We, we have this mindset and we've been taught money lessons by broke people and now we have all these little sacred cows of what broke folk do that we've been taught to do and this is what makes up our philosophy when it comes to money but we have to learn more about money and a part of what you're learning just from this simple conversation just from this and we got to do this more and more and more and I got to do it with more people is that you're never going to have money if you don't understand it. We have to learn about it. Go ahead, Corey. PA, one quick thing, because uh, I know you talked about the, the Genesis last week, and uh, my, me and my wife have a deal. She got a golden doodle. The kids needed a dog. Um, they, their dog, not my dog. So I got something coming. I got a car. We need to talk about it later. And uh, the interesting thing about a car, um, there's a quote it's from Albert Einstein that talks about the eighth one of the world is those that understand interest will earn it. Those that don't will always pay it. So with the car analogy, this is interesting. And I found this out a few months ago. Um, you can go buy a car. Let's say the car is $100,000. That car is gonna cost you probably to finance it 2,700, right? But what we're talking about with the investment world, there are some things people don't know about. There's this thing called a brokerage account where you can go and invest in companies, public companies, um, the Walmarts, the Nikes, whoever it might be. You can take a brokerage account and borrow against it. You can have money in that brokerage account, borrow against that account, and that same payment for that car will probably be about $600 a month. So just off that, you're saving over two grand a month over something that you're driving. That's also a depreciation asset. And that's, I think, the issue. We have to start thinking differently about where do we put the money to understand where can the money grow at what rate? Because the wrong question to ask in any deal is what is my monthly payment? That is a poor person thought. But more the question is how long am I gonna be paying for this? And what's the real cost of what I'm about to buy? We gotta start having real conversations about how do we approach money and how do we think about it because the only way you're gonna change that thought process is by changing your thinking. You can't, you can't look at the same problem, you can look at a nail and think that everything's gonna be solved with a hammer. Some things are a screwdriver, it might be an Allen wrench, it might be a vice grip. You gotta start thinking differently about these issues in your lives, especially when it comes to finances. And I'm the first person to say, I am not a financial advisor, anything that I say, Anything that I tell you probably ain't correct. If I give you a pick, it probably ain't gonna work out. But um, I think I know enough and I've seen enough to understand the fact of you kind of got to know not always 
what to ask, but how to ask the question to get an answer. And one of the things you have to have is people around you. I know for my wife and I, even though I'm fairly knowledgeable about markets, I still have a financial advisor. I, I, I don't know at all. I even talk to PA about stuff real estate-wise. I realize enough to know I'm, I'm dangerous, and the same token, you got to take risk, but take calculated risk. Go ahead, Michelle. Yeah, that's so true. So with that, actually, part of my journey was, you know, right around COVID, I started getting very active in the in um, trading, right? So with that, that just allowed, they opened the door for me to get in different rooms and hear different conversations. And a lot of the conversations are around just how to avoid taxes. Now that's a whole class workshop, you know, book within itself. But I say that to say, go ahead and create your business entity because banks, when you walk in, they look at how long you've been in business. And so I would say about 10 years ago, my sister and I, and this is while I was working, and that's why you start that multiple streams, we went ahead and purchased a commercial property. And we then leased it out to a trucking company that we had ownership in. Well, that land today is paid off. You talk about a prime piece of real estate in Durham, right off the highway, that had we not had that forethought, we wouldn't have that equity. And that's basically kind of what Corey was saying, you can use that to loan money against that. But even bigger than that, so, you know, we, I think sometimes we think in order to get money, we have to, you know, save money or live a little less, but it's all a process because when you see someone in a G-Wagon, you know, we think, girl, that's me, that's gonna be me in five years. But what is our mindset? We've been taught, we go online, we pull up the payment calculator and we're trying to figure out how we juggle our rent, the car, and still, you know, stay looking good, getting our hair and nails done. But what we haven't considered many times, and these are like the rooms that I'm getting pulled into and having these conversations, that could likely be a business owner and he is taking advantage, and typically they don't look like us, okay? But they're taking advantage of the tax laws and they're driving around and they haven't had to dip into their personal funds. Now, there are a lot of nuances to that, right? Like your business has to be at a certain point, but I want you to think big. I'm sitting here to tell you that can be you. That is us. We are world overcomers. They just, they can drive it, so can we. You know, so, because I think, you know, we think, okay, well, you know, if I don't have a car payment, you know, I gotta drive a car that's 10, 20 years old. Not necessarily, and again, this is as you grow. But you think about how much money your parents would have had over a lifetime with no car payment or yourself. And think about how much more disposable income you and your family would have to give into things like Victory Park if you didn't have that obligation. And you riding the latest thing. I mean, that's the beauty of both worlds. And that's how you see the kids pull up at Duke and Carolina in these Range Rovers and these G-Wagons because they, they're I mean, it's a whole piece. They got trust, et cetera. We're going to get to that in a whole different, maybe another yeah, no, conversation. But that's how they're doing it. And they're not even dipping into their personal, their, their bank account hasn't even been touched for that to happen. So I just want to share that to really start now, start the calendar, start the clock for that business entity, because you can always evolve. And you're, you might start out as an LLC, but you can grow and change that and modify it to an S-Corp or a C-Corp as your business grows. But go online to the North Carolina Secretary of State website. If you sitting here right now, you like, she is speaking to me. 
you can start your entity and you don't have to pay somebody 4,000 because they charge these crazy prices. You can either do it yourself, use your resources like YouTube. I created myself, it's all good. I've created several, to be honest. And you can start that entity and get the, and start the clock. So that's just something I just wanna you know, put out there for you to consider and think about. Can you put your hands together for this wisdom that you're gaining? Anybody hearing some wisdom in here? I love this conversation. I mean, I think we, you know, we can't be here forever, but I think we, we need to have more conversations like this, right, beloved, in which we're just kind of talking about how it all works, what we do with our money, how we spend our money, how we make it, how we save it, um, and our mindset around it. Um, I, because I think that so much of it is about our mindset. I, I wanted to just piggyback on one thing, and, and that is something that you said, Corey, and you both are saying it, but it's very interesting to me how we almost can kind of be cool in our ignorance. It's like ignorance is bliss. It's almost nothing more dangerous than ignorance. We are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Any lack of knowledge can destroy you. Gentlemen, you need to get your prostate numbers checked because you could be destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You need to get your colonoscopy because a colonoscopy is not just a, a, a fact-finding mission. It is preventative. Because all colon cancer starts as polyps. It's polyps first, then it turns into cancer. And if they're in there and they find polyps, they take them. So your fear of a tube going up you while you're asleep. I had to put me to sleep in Jesus' name. But just because I don't want nothing up there. Oh, you don't? Me neither. So I had to put me to sleep. But that lack of knowledge can have you destroyed. I need a witness in the building. It's breast cancer awareness. If there's something, if you feel something weird in your breast, then you ignore it. Because you're scared of the facts or the truth. No, go get the knowledge. Because you're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If something's going on with you, gentlemen, we the last one to go to the doctor. If something's wrong with you, you're not breathing. If you, if you, uh, y'all remember, uh, I don't know if you were here, but some months ago, I kind of halfway passed out on stage. And, and I mean, I, I, you know, I could have told y'all, oh, the spirit took me away. But no, I, I passed out. I kind of passed out a little bit. I went and got everything checked, stress tests. I did it all because I want to know. If there's something wrong with me, I want to know so that I can know how to believe God. I want to be able to pray specifically. I need a witness in the building. Come on, talk to me. I, I wanted to take this time to break it down because I think sometimes in church, we just throw these platitudes out here. Like, Lord, bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And you don't even really know where your financial place is. You don't know. And you don't know because you're scared to ask. Just like you're scared to get an MRI, just like you're scared to get your prostate checked, just like you're scared to check your breast, just because like you're scared to go to the doctor, you're scared for someone to do a financial assessment of you and tell you whether or not you're solvent or not. You're, you're afraid for somebody to tell you you might be upside down. You're terrified of it. This is why God has not given us the spirit of fear. You must face your future. You must face your reality. You must face your now. 
You have to know, are you upside down in your house? I had a conversation with my son, and, and, and he's got a great house, but what you pay at 3% versus what you pay at 6% is two completely totally different things. So for all of you that bought a house at 3%, I'm telling you now, you're probably upside down in your house. If you own a house in here at 3.1% interest rate, more than likely you're upside down in it. Because what somebody can afford at 3% is not what they can afford at 6 and 0.5%. So if you got a house for a half a million dollars at 3%, it's going to take a million dollars to buy that same house at 6% because of the monthly payment. So that means unless your house is worth a million, which it's not, then you're upside down. Somebody has to come and have a, a conversation with you and let you know this is what you have, this is what you don't have, this is what you can leave, this is what you need. You need a financial advisor, you need a financial planner. We're just trying to kind of spark you. This is church. We're not here to give you all the answers. If you're sitting here thinking, well, I mean, they didn't even deal with, well, that's okay. Well, we had an hour. We're not trying to answer all your questions. We're just trying to spur you on to good works. One of the things about us is we halfway scared to talk to anybody about money. So I, we got to introduce it at the church where you trust. And I'm your pastor and I got to bring some tithers up here who are making money so that we can. But this is not the end. This is not the end. We're going to talk about it more. This is not the end. We're going to do this more. We're going to do it every quarter until everybody's blessed. We're going to do it every quarter until everybody's running and chasing and moving. We're going to do it every quarter. We're going to do it as much as we can because I'm not interested in you not being blessed. I want you blessed. I said I want you blessed. I want you to know, but it also is going to take you. You're going to have to leave from here and say, Lord, I can't ask you to bless me if I'm ignorant. I can't know how I need to be healed if I don't know I'm sick. Any of us who got COVID, the minute I coughed, I was like, <coughs> uh-oh. Sticking that thing down my nose, I'm rebuking the whole time. But it was better to know I had it, to be able to manage it, than to be afraid. My God, I wish I had a witness in the building. Can I rebuke fear in the name of Jesus? You need to at least know, if nothing else, beloved, knowledge. If nothing else, we want you to believe God that he can bless you financially. And the only way for you to know that is to find a financial planner. There are financial planners of color. I don't trust no one. Well, then find one of color, have it sit down, lay out where you are, be honest, and get ready for the news. But understand that you cannot be blessed with more if you don't know right now you have less. And we're so busy partying and getting high and getting drunk to avoid the truth of our own reality. Sometimes that anxiety is a good thing. If you can't sleep at night, it's probably because you broke. Before you go have a drink, you might want to work. 
You might want to invest. You might want to figure things out. I need a witness in the building. I had a nagging. I mean, I, we, we got to wrap it up. It's good. But I had this nagging suspicion that I was upside down in my house. And I was, I was moving towards being 50. And I was like, I can't have no equity in my house. And I'm almost 50 years old. I'm not going to be here forever. This is ridiculous. I had a nagging suspicion for a couple of years. But I was afraid to find out because I was afraid I was going to be disappointed when I found out about it. Finally, I found out, and I was right. I wasn't upside down in it, but I hadn't grown in the equity in my house. And so I had to decrease the increase. I never would have known. Right now, I own a property that's worth quite a bit, but I never would have known that if I hadn't been willing to face the truth about my current situation. Can I get a witness in the building? If you can't face your truth, you can't walk by faith. If you cannot face your truth, you cannot walk by faith. You can't walk by faith without knowing what your now is, and you can't walk by faith without knowing what you're hoping for. Amen? Can you put your hands together? Just praise God for this opportunity that we had. Can you thank God? Thank you for my guests. Come on, praise God for them for real. Come on, praise God for them for real. We're going to do this some more. Now, can you sit down for just a second? I know we're a little bit over, but it's just too good. And if you're in a rush, I get it. But if you're in here this morning and you're like, listen, wealth is mine. Blessing is supposed to be mine. Multiple streams is mine. I want you to stand up really quickly. I was going to have you come down. But if you're like, no, this was a word for me. Come on, y'all. We're going to stretch our hands over everybody in the room. And I guess that's just everybody. So we're just going to stretch our hands and, and trust and believe. And we're going to pray for you right now. And I'm going to speak life over you. Lord, I thank you right now for blessings and not cursings. I thank you that we're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Thank you for Corey Best. Thank you for Shonda Bullock. Thank you, Lord, Lord, for, for the words that they shared just the thoughts, just the ideas, just the conversation. God, I thank you right now that you are going to bless us. And God, we're praying for multiple revenue streams. We're praying for increase, God, in the name of Jesus. We're praying that it would burst forth and break out over us. We're praying that it would happen speedily and quickly. We're believing you for fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. We rebuke poverty off of us in Jesus' name. We rebuke poverty off of us in Jesus' name. We rebuke the poverty mindset off of us in the name of Jesus. We rebuke fear that would keep us from knowing what we got and what we don't got. We rebuke the devil that would try to intimidate us from knowing the truth. Lord, you said that if we were really your disciples, we would know the truth. We will hold to the teachings and we'll really be your disciples and we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. Set us free. Set us free, God. We're tired of being slaves. Set us free. Break out amongst us in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the anointing on these, this king and this queen. Bless their hands and bless the work of their hands and bless their children, their children's children's children. And God, bless every king and queen under the sound of my voice and everyone that's watching around the world. Break out amongst us. Show yourself strong in us by blessing our business. You said you'd bless our basket and our store. And so God, we're believing you right now that you have a power that is at work with in us and we'll bless you and we'll praise you for what you do for what you say you're so worthy in Jesus name we all sit together amen don't sit down don't clap don't move put that victory park thing up here come on let's give pull your phone out and let's give to victory park come on put the QR code up 
pay attention. Put that QR code up real quick. Come on. That's right. Everybody give right now. Come on. Take a picture of that QR code and donate towards Victory Park. We're on our way out of here. Don't move. Don't you leave. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Take a picture of this thing right here and sow a seed into the work of the kingdom of God. You got good information today. Amen. You got some good information today. More is coming. And so I want you to dig down deep and give a good offering. And, uh, and, and we're going to let you go. I know we're a little bit over, but it's good. I said, I know we're going a little bit over, but it's good. I said, well, no, I know we're going a little bit over, but it's good. Amen. It's good. Next week, Anthony O'Neill is going to be here and he's going to share. The week after that is going to be our business expo. That's about to happen. We've also got this small business grant thing that we're about to do while you're giving. We want to let you know about it, okay? So the applicants will submit a business plan. Only 50 slots. Only 50 slots. Got to get ready for it. Only 50 slots. First place, the finalists selected will interview with the grant evaluation panel. I'm not on it. I'm your pastor. Did I tell you you were going to be on it? Okay, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, he's on it. You just found out. I don't know. Rashonda, I ain't talked to you yet. I don't know how busy you are. Okay, first place recipient, whoever wins number one, will get $5,000 towards their business plan. Second place recipient will get $2,500 toward their business plan. Third place recipient will get $1,000 on their business plan. Okay, the applications will be evaluated on innovation, feasibility of business, industry relevance, community impact. This is something we're going to do here at World Overcomers. We want you to be blessed. We want you to go to the next level. Amen? Amen? We want you to go higher. And so that you can take a picture of that. You can register now where there's only 50 slots. And so if you have got a small business, if you've got a plan, we want to help you be blessed. We want to help you to go to the next level. Amen. Come on, let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke. Thank you for moving by your spirit over us. God, we pray that you'd break out amongst us. Show yourself strong, mighty God. Have your way in us. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Cover us with your blood as we leave, as we go home, as we go sit and talk and have conversations. As this week coming up, we start looking for, for financial advisors and start working on our plans and start figuring out our budget and start figuring out where our money is. God, I pray that you would anoint us with wisdom and courage and boldness to do what only you can call us to do. Have your way in us. And God, as we always pray, bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people and give us peace. And we'll bless you what you do and let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight for God you're our rock you're our redeemer and we love you in Jesus name we all sit together amen God bless you God bless you God bless you God bless you Don't take a picture of us together hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.